All right. Thanks, guys, for signing on and listening to us. This is the Brutal Honest Loan Officer Podcast. This is our first episode, so bear with us as we try to get through this, and hopefully more to come with it. I'm Stephen Brock with The Mortgage Firm, and then I got Derek Brown, also from The Mortgage Firm, on, on here. Derek? Hey, hey. Happy to be here, man. Thanks for inviting me. Thanks for coming up with the idea. Hopefully, we can continue doing this and just bringing information to people. Podcast is like the new it thing, so let's see what we can't do. Yeah, let's get it. So first topic, who is Fanny, Freddie, and Jenny? I bet you most people don't even know there's a Jenny. Yeah, most people don't know there's a Jenny. <laughs> so we got Fanny Mae, Freddie Mac, um, and then good old Jenny Mae. So what what was like, when you got into the business, what was your first thought as far as Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac or? Exactly, who are these people? I thought they were people. <laughs> Did you? Like who, 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 no who is making these, who is this Freddie and Fannie making these decisions? Like, yeah. Why are we listening to him? And I didn't know if it was just like, I knew it had to be government related because just has to be. Uh, But I really had no idea. Like I was, when I was a newbie, no clue. Just, I knew that they were like at the top and we had to do things according to them. Simple as that. Yeah. So let's go over. Let's go. So we we know they're not people. They're government government entities that kind of, put regulations on the mortgage world out there. You know, the first one we'll go over is Fannie Mae. Who, who is Fannie Mae? So I think it starts, I think the easiest way to kind of explain to some people is kind of where it starts. Like, and it starts with financing. Um, so if you want to buy a house, you're going to need quite a bit of money. So let's just say house is 300,000. How do you borrow that money to buy the home? And in years past, you would go to a bank, local bank, um, and a bank would get started by having, you know, a few people come together with a bunch of money and then they would lend that out. But at a certain point, if they were to lend what they have available, they get to a stopping point, you know, so the ability to, funds. right. So the ability to sell those loans to somebody allows them to replenish those funds and continue doing the same thing, you know, so that's where Fannie Mae came along, government backed entity that provides regulations and everything that we have to follow in order to help sell those loans onto the secondary market so that lenders like us can continue doing the same thing. Spend our money, you know, get it back type of thing. Um, So that's where now there's differences between Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and Ginny Mae um, that gets really confusing. But essentially, like, that's the main reason we have them is in order to sell our loans on the secondary market, get that money back and continue doing the same thing. And, and, and that's established, like it, it, it creates stability in the market then. If we're all lending money according to these regulations and guidelines, then when an investor comes and buys it, they already know that it's good to go. They're not second guessing it, um, worried about something being in there because we decided to lend on it um, for some reason that, and an investor buys it that we you know, we could have made false pretenses on it, and right. with these regulations you can't. And if you do, I think that's where we have to buy it back. Correct. Yep, you got to buy. Which it is back. bad, bad news for us. Yes. Yeah. If the a loan goes bad for whatever reason because of you selling it off, and you know you didn't follow the guidelines, then yeah, the company has to buy it that loan back. So they just shorten themselves on that money with it. So Freddie, Freddie's the same. Freddie came out. I think Fannie came out in the 30s and then Freddie came out in like the 70s. Yeah, 30 years later. Yeah, it was basically, it's the same thing um, with it. It's just kind of adding more to the market, have more robust 
market share out there for it, just introducing more products with it. Now, Fannie and Freddie both buy only conventional loans typically, right? Yes. And then that's what Jenny's for is for government back. Exactly. So you got Jenny that goes out there and starts buying your FHA, your VA, your USD loans out there. So in, in a sense, all this is a simple process to keep the market kind of stable with everything. Yeah. We're all supposed to be following the same rules. Um, you know, and that's where like the rules change. They, you know, they come up with different um, changes. Like we just had loan limits change for conventional and FHA. So you'll see like a lot of lenders announcing conforming loan limits have increased. Um, so that just means that Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Jenny, they're allowing for people to borrow more money essentially within their parameters. Uh, so on a conventional loan, if you had to go to like an $800,000 loan amount, you're in the jumbo territory. Uh, so that's outside of Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. Are there specific eligibility criteria for obtaining a mortgage through Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac? Uh, the biggest one I know of is the credit scores. It's got to be at least a 620. You know, there's multiple, there's got that middle score is going to be a 620. There's multiple borrowers. You know, somebody could be below and it averages out to 620. Um, that's the biggest one, but um, there there are overlays that you see other banks kind of put on there, like where some people will say, oh, well, I'm getting conventional. And they say it's 660 or 640 is the lowest they can go. Well, that's that bank, that bank that's selling to Fannie Mae has put that overlay on there. But the actual Fannie Mae guideline is 620. So like with our company, we can do it at 620. So that's also the main, the main ones. I think that there's times where somebody thinks they're talking to a bank that can sell loans, but they might be a portfolio lender and they just don't know. Yeah. So they're keeping that on their books versus selling it. So that might be another reason why for higher credit scores. Um, but I guess every bank's different. Every lender's different. And then how does that... Now, I think that's where some things get confusing too, because within Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac, there's other loan programs. So it's not just a conventional loan. When you look at what are like, because is there an income limit for a conventional loan? No. But is there an income limit for their home ready conventional loan product? Yeah, that's where you have it. You got you got the limits on that, and then the home, the home ready, the home path program that they have out there. Right. So I think that that's where some of this gets so confusing that Fannie Mae put in like other criteria for specific loan programs, which some are like really beneficial. Like, have you seen interest rates for home ready? Oh yeah. They're a lot lower than the normal, the normal kind of just run of the mill rate out there. Right. So, and, but you have to have a little bit lower, like there's an income limit, uh, but it's really not that bad. It's what 80% AMI. Yeah. Um, and then credit score, I think it's just 620, same, but it still comes with that income limit. Um, and I think there's, they're a little bit tighter on ratios too. A little bit um, tighter on the ratio. You know, I mean, that, that program is, is designed to target, I don't want to say target, but to, to help and aimed at clients that are the low to moderate income. You know, that's right. what, that's why the government's designed that program within itself to do that. Yeah, man. So how do Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac contribute to stability of the housing market, especially during economic downturns? As we were talking before, is that they, by giving out the same quote unquote product within guidelines, they are almost guaranteeing to investors, this is a safe bet to invest in, that these guidelines that people should be making these payments, they should be, you know, a lot there, like we know, there's two, there's two different sides of the mortgage, whether you have the person that's um, writing the loan, originating the loan, and then you have the secondary market that is usually collecting the payments. 
And that's where Fannie is coming in. It's that middleman saying, hey, these types of loans that were originated are following these guidelines. And if they do not, we force the originator to buy back that loan. So it's almost guaranteeing the investing that's coming in there that it's going to be a good product to them and invest in and collect those service fees or the interest off of that loan that they have just bought from us. Now, another question is, can consumers directly obtain a mortgage from Fannie or Freddie or Ginny? Or do they have to work with other lenders? Like, what can they do with that? They can call Stephen Brock or Derek Brown. And we can help them get approved, pre-approved and then approved to purchase a home. Uh, so Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Ginny Mae, they do not originate loans. No. So we're the ones that originate to their liking. Um, or outside of their liking, liking, if we know exactly what we're trying to do, if we have a self-employed borrower that um, gets skinny on their income and we need to go like a bank statement route or whatever, that's where we would use a different institution that doesn't follow Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac guidelines. Yeah, so, um, fa- so Fannie and Freddie and, and, and are considered conforming loans. So what do you do when it doesn't follow the guidelines? You either help the buyer get to a point where they can follow those guidelines, whether it be increasing a credit score, um, bringing up income so their DTI is lower, paying off debt so their DTI is lower, um, or depending on the situation, you would look at a non-QM, so a non-qualified mortgage or a non-conforming mortgage. Um, and that's where we look at like bank statement programs, investor cash flow loans, um, asset utilization, which I thought we used to, have, like we used to have to go outside of Fannie Mae for asset utilization, which now... Um, they have guidelines for asset utilization, by the way. Um, yeah, so yeah. it really just depends on on what kind of loan we're trying to do and what's more beneficial for the borrower. So, because I mean, I had a customer where we were looking at doing a bank statement loan and then he questioned like, why would I pay a higher interest rate? Like I can always claim less money or not write off as much. And he would have had to pay the IRS like $67,000 in order to get his income where we need it. Or he could pay like one and a half to 2% higher on the mortgage rate which would not equal that, not even close. Yeah. So for that person, bank statement loan was much more beneficial. It actually saved them money. Yeah, exactly. What people don't understand sometimes is that, okay, the conforming loans, they're going to have a slightly lower interest rate than you go to the non-conforming side. There's just more risk out there. They considered portfolio loans where when they are done, that that one bank is just holding them, you know, either us ourselves or if we broker it out to another um entity that will hold those loans. It's their guidelines now, not Fannie and Freddie. But you know, the, not everybody is meant for a conventional loan. There's a lot of government where you have FHA, VA, and USDA where you know Fannie and Freddie are the most common names, but Ginny is probably the most common loan guideline we use for the FHA, VA side of things. So w- what is the big difference between you know Betty and Fred, Fannie and Freddie and then uh, Ginny? Well, and I think I think that's our company. I think we do a lot of government backed loans. Um, I wonder what the, I'd have to look up what the percentage is total, uh, but there's a ton of FHA VA loans that we do. Um, originally, Jenny May um, worked as like a mortgage insurance. What did they start as? Government National Mortgage Association. Um, and they provided the insurance for bonds issued by FHA and VA mortgages. Um, but then 1970 is when they became their own organization actually providing the funds for those loans and they create and guarantee MBS products and has continued providing mortgage funds for home buyers ever since. So in a sense, most people don't know. So on mortgage insurance is if you don't put 20% down on that loan, you're going to have mortgage insurance with it. 
one thing, like I've talked to some of our um, mortgage insurance reps and the idea of mortgage insurance is you pay mortgage insurance. If you default on the mortgage, the person like the bank that bought that mortgage, if you default on it, they get paid out by the mortgage insurance company. Yeah. The idea is anybody paying less than 20% down has to have mortgage insurance. And for that reason, if somebody puts 20% down, starts paying their mortgage and then is about to default, ideally they would just simply sell their house and there's a net profit and the investor that, you know, lent the money would get their money back. Um, so then Jenny May comes in, is doing the same thing for government backed loans. And then they just became the source of those funds for government backed securities. Um, but then 1970 is when they became their own organization, actually providing the funds for those loans. And they create and guarantee MBS products. Where, you know, um, Jenny comes in with it is that's what they were first starting to do. And then just being the insurance side of it. And then they made their own guidelines on how they're actually going to fund these loans with it. So it's totally they kind of expanded themselves over the years with it to really, you know, a lot of people, I guess, FHA side of things, think it's always first time home buyers, but that's not it. You know, it's different sides of things. But uh, one of the other difference is the Ginny May side of things are very much more relaxed on credit scores. It doesn't have to be that 620. You can go down, I think down to 580 with it. And then the debt to income ratio is higher where it can go up into the 50s where most Fannie and Freddie are going to be the high 40s at best with it. Yeah, 47 to 49 usually between yeah. Fannie or Freddie. Just a, just depending on on their you know the person situation. So it just kind of lets more home buyers be able to purchase that, especially it's it's not necessarily designed for the first time home buyer, but it definitely benefits a lot of first time home buyers being able to to do that. So we've gone over Freddie. Fanny and and the most uncommon name that we have out there, the the genuine one, but it's most probably most people never heard of her. But it, it was kind of great going over every little bit of it. I know we this is our first uh, podcast episode, so bear with us with it. We probably picked the most boring topic, but thanks for listening with it, and hopefully more to come here very soon. I, I'm Stephen Brock with the Mortgage Firm, and then we have Derek. Derek Brown with the Mortgage Firm. Very original. I mean, thanks Derek Brown, guys. Certified Mortgage Advisor with the Mortgage Firm. I mean, what do you want me to say? That's much better. Okay. We're keeping all of this in, just so you know. <laughs> it Thanks, is our guys. first one. Signing off. See you.